Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts and colleagues, Jen Colt of Humble Baykeeper. Hey, Jen. Hey, everybody. Scott Creason of Friends of the Eel River. Hey, Scott. Hello, people. Hello, people. And we are also joined by our, our very special guest, Michelle Kunst, Programs and Project Manager at the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Good to be here. And Michelle, I understand that you are relatively new on the job at the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust. So first, congratulations and welcome to this extended mm-hmm. family of environmental professionals here on the North Coast. Let's find out a little bit about you. Tell us where you're from and what is your background? What are you bringing into the, the land trust? Yeah, so I grew up on the coast, just north of San Francisco, and I haven't really ever moved too far away from the coast. I've been pretty pretty attached to the California coastline my whole life. And so it was pretty natural for me to move up to Humboldt. So I, I transferred to HSU and completed environmental science and management degree with an emphasis in interp and education. So I have a, a good deal of environmental ed experience and kind of just like general informal teaching and kayak guiding experience for the last couple of years. So I just feel really excited by introducing people, both locals and tourists and, and youth and adults to the coastline, whether it be from water or tide pooling at the land trust, the nature of land trusts is at least this land trust is to provide public access to the beaches in Trinidad, but also conserve a lot of the the coastal forests and and the rocky shores of Trinidad and preserve it for like in perpetuity. So I'm really excited to kind of look at coastal conservation from that perspective while also bringing people to the coast and trying to convey to them why this place is so special and why the conservation of these places is so special. And then also to just like expose people to the beauty and like the excitement of being on the shoreline and connecting to the ocean. Well, very wonderful. A lot of people don't realize the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust manages a lot of the really most popular coastal access points in the West Haven and Trinidad area. Do you want to talk just briefly about which beaches? Yeah, so... Yeah, so Scenic Drive is kind of a hotspot beach location for for people that live in the Lake Arcata, Eureka, Northern Humboldt area. And so along Scenic Drive, the Land Trust manages a section of Moonstone Beach parking lot. So we have some say there. And then primarily the Huda Point, Camel Rock area and Lufenholz Beach and Baker Beach. So the kind of parking areas and the trails down to the beach And then the bluffs along the beach. So those are kind of like the most frequented locations that the land trust manages. Yeah. And so the land trust has been putting in new bathrooms and and doing some work Mm -hmm. to improve those lately, which has been really a big improvement, you know, because there's nowhere to use a bathroom there or wash your hands in the time of COVID is so important <laughs> to do. And yeah. so so I've noticed a lot of improvements at those beaches. And I know the land trust is, is the one doing most of the, or if not all of the improvements. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely in partnership with a lot of community volunteers and other environmental nonprofits in the area, for sure. 
I know about these projects because I volunteered to do the botany surveys for this, the environmental mm. compliance, you know, the permitting and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just had to have my arm twisted to go to the beach and see what plants <laughs> are there. <laughs> So, Michelle, we have you on the show because the Land Trust has a exciting event coming up this August 17th to the 31st. Can you tell us about what, what is a BioBlitz and what's going on here? Yeah, so a BioBlitz is basically just a word for a catchy word to get people out into open spaces and even urban places, but specifically for our event, the Humboldt Coast to make observations or collect photographs of plant and animal species along or in a given area, in our areas, the coast. And it's the big picture is to get a snapshot in time of what the biodiversity of a given place at a given time is. So a BioBlitz is just getting a lot of people making those observations and contributing data to that biodiversity snapshot. Is this something that the Land Trust does every year? So given that I'm relatively new to the Land Trust, I know that my my coworker, Carol, has has led some bioblisses in the past and probably also in partnership with other organizations around. It's not necessarily like an annual event that the Land Trust has hosted, but there is a statewide bioblitz effort called Snapshot Cal Coast that has been happening every year for the last couple of years. And it's really to like get some consistency in the data gathering or the like observations of plants and animals in an area at a time and getting that snapshot of biodiversity. It's really something that a lot of a lot of organizations are launching projects, especially now because Humboldt Baykeeper has an iNaturalist project that we launched. We were planning on doing it a little bit differently, but because of COVID-19, we decided to launch it in a way that's safe, obviously, for people to go out in, you know, groups of household members or, or whatnot by themselves. So normally you would have a group event where people could come and you could show them how to use iNaturalist. But instead, you know, Michelle made a video and, you know, we're doing it in a way that can be still contributing to the science and the knowledge base of all these critters. Our project is focused on the Waterfront Trail in Eureka and the Humboldt Bay Trail. So that's obviously part of the coast and will be part of this, this bigger statewide effort. And, you know, it's, it's basically a community science or citizen science type project. The great thing is you don't have to know anything about what you're taking photographs mm-hmm. of. It's run by Cal Academy of Sciences and National Geographic is also involved in it. And it's just like a global network of experts, scientists, enthusiasts, all kinds of people who just, you know, you can go take pictures of things in your backyard and put them on iNaturalist and experts in insects or, you know, invertebrates at tide pools or whatever will tell you what those things are. And also iNaturalist can suggest what you might be looking at. And so you can read more about it. So I've actually discovered a ton of species that are not plants, which is my expertise, that (laughs) I've learned about, like the sea gooseberry, little little (laughs) jewel-like jellyfish that you find (laughs) on the beach at Moonstone and stuff. And 
it's just really cool because you don't have to know about the critters and know how to identify them to appreciate them and take pictures and help contribute to our base of knowledge. And it's, you know, it's different than a scientific study, which is oftentimes looking very closely at one small area. So this is a way to get people from Mm -hmm. a huge area taking photographs at all different kinds of times and times of year, et cetera. What kind of equipment do you need for that? What what do you have to pay? I mean, it must be pretty expensive to be part of something like that. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Scott, it's free. No way. <laughs> it's free. You have to have either a cell phone, a smartphone, which is the easiest way to do it because it shares your location information. Right. Or you can do it from with a camera as well. If you have a digital camera that has location information, it's easiest, but you can manually map things too, but it's mm-hmm. not as easy to do that. Oh, it's just you pointing t- your cell phone at things and then asking people what they are. Yeah, That's basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it because I'm a, I am love photography and looking at all kinds of critters, even though I may not know what they are. I love it because I'm lazy and I'm quite stupid, so I make everybody do the work <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's how you learn. You ask other people questions. <laughs> Indeed. So, so Jennifer is getting at an interesting point, like what's the difference between citizen science or community science and just scientists and and research projects. I like to think of it as, you know, there's a very limited number of like professional scientists in our world and in our community. And it's not really plausible to get to collect data, like really comprehensive data on the plants and animals that live in our area and their ranges and their occurrences by just the work of of scientists. And so like getting people and like the community out into the natural spaces that we have here just is like super efficient way of gathering tons of research quality data. So so you can use these sorts of surveys in in future research. Jen, yeah. tell me about that or or or, or Michelle, tell me about that. Cuz I know that I've been given a lecture by Jen before something about if it's been seen 3 times then it's been confirmed or something like that. When it's identified by two people, it's considered research grade. So if I upload a photo and I think, I think this is Northern Pacific tree frog, if somebody else comes along and agrees with that, it's considered research grade. And so, you know, I mean, it's not 100%, obviously, and sometimes... Especially when it turns out it's a newt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty much a frog. Yeah, I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> Not a nude, but I'm I'm always going on and on about this. I kind of am like an iNaturalist evangelist. <laughs> One time, I found a scorpion in the woods in Mendocino County, and I thought, well, I don't know how many species there are, and so I took a photo, uploaded the observation, and it was automatically added to the Scorpions of the World field guide on iNaturalist, and someone identified it, and I learned. The Mendocino County forest scorpions are all the same species. Who knew? But so similarly, you can make projects where there's a a polygon around an area. The National Park Service did them for a lot of national parks. So you can use iNaturalist to look up what species of scorpions or bumblebees or whatever other people have found and observed in, say, Redwood National Park or at the dunes in Manila or anywhere else that you want to be looking in within a certain area. So it's really useful in terms of, you know, being able to make species lists of areas 
you know, at some point when there's enough data, there there also could be analysis of when certain plants mm-hmm. are blooming or when certain insects are hatching and better yet a change in timing due to climate change mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. This sounds like it'd be really useful in an event I witnessed, which was I was up on Trinidad head for an evening hike right at sunset. We dallied for a while. And as we came back, you know, around the South side of the head and, and down the road, we were bombarded by dozens of bats. Oh. Literally dozens, maybe hundreds. It was thrilling for me, terrifying for my hiking companions um, who didn't (laughs) like bats, but I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, I I went and did some sleuthing around and figured out it was probably a migration, you know, figured out which of the species it was most likely to be. But this would have helped me get some real clarity and maybe put another data point in for the bat researchers. And also a reminder that we see a lot of amazing stuff at the coast. What we don't see is even more amazing. Yeah, another way it can be helpful to land managers is finding new occurrences of invasive species. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of times you just, there's no way that people can cover all the ground that there is if they're trying to, you know, nip an invasive species invasion early in the the process, which is when it's easiest to to Mm -hmm. eradicate. And so that's super helpful too. And a lot of it is automated. So you don't have to take a photo, know it's invasive, and Mm -hmm. add it to some list. It will be an automatic process once you upload it. So um, That's a murder hornet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. I have another interesting example of of the benefits of using iNaturalist and BioBlitz. In the Bay Area, some Cal Academy of Sciences employees have this ongoing monitoring of the intertidal zone happening like south of San Francisco Bay in the Bay Area. And they have volunteers go out there every year for their bioblisses. And they have gathered a lot of really interesting information on the changes that have been happening in that area. So with climate change heavily impacting our ocean ecosystems, they are are getting information that, that can tell them about species that might be occurring further north and migrating from the south going north to like as as ocean waters change temperature or the chemistry changes in general. They also have learned information about certain diseases that have happened to intertidal organisms like sea star wasting. And so they can track that over time by taking photos of sea stars in the intertidal zone and being able to identify if this sea star is being impacted by this disease or not. And so in this last like year or two, they have been able to conclude that the rates of that wasting disease are far less than they were maybe like three, four, five years ago. And that's just like, I think that that's really cool that volunteers have helped contribute to a better understanding of of the changes of sea star populations and the migration of sea slug sea slugs up the coast of California. Welcome to the Eco News Report. Michelle Kunst, Programs and Project Manager at the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust, is joining us to talk about their upcoming bioblitz and identifying plants using a cool new app called iNaturalist. I was recently working on a project 
we were reviewing some CEQA documents and we were looking at environmental impacts. And one thing that also struck me about things like iNaturalist, eBird, these citizen science initiatives is that it just is such better data than what the, the state keeps. So we have state statewide databases of, of animal surveys, the California Native Diversity Database, something like that, CNDDB. And, you know, CNDDB's references were were old and out of date and miles and miles and miles away. And then if you were to look on eBird, you know, all of a sudden there there is a reported sighting of a rare cave dwelling swallow, you know, just 0.1 miles away. And so we were able to really kind of way better understand the, the potential impacts yeah. of this project because there's just so much more data. It's so much more practical. <laughs> you, know, you usually have to pay somebody multiple thousands of dollars to, to go out and do a survey, and then you're lucky if they actually do upload their survey results. And so it, it's exciting. You know, expanding expanding science, getting more, more data points out there is it, going to benefit us all. Yeah, sure. So mostly we've been talking about the benefits of iNaturalist to just databases and scientists being able to access that those data and land managers as well. And this is something that iNaturalist.org focuses on as well, is that a major benefit of iNaturalist and BioBliss is using the iNaturalist platform is I'm just like fostering naturalists in our community. Like I'm a naturalist and Jen was sort of touching on this earlier, but I am just like always so curious the plants and animals that are around me when I go to the beach or on a walk in the woods and if I ever see a plant that I don't recognize or I want to learn more about it's so easy for me to be able to identify it and learn a new species and learn facts about it and look at pictures of it and over the years I've been using iNaturalist for a couple of years now and I have I can sometimes I go back and look at the different species that I have recorded in the iNaturalist app and the photos that I have of them and just be able to like take stock of this huge species list and all of these species that I've been able to learn to identify. And I can go out to the intertidal zone next week and be able to know that I, I learned a lot of these species from iNaturalist and the various users on the platform. So I think that just in addition to it being a benefit to science and land managing. It, it's also just a way to get community members more attuned to the plants and animals in the natural world around them. And I think that that's like, maybe like the, the main benefit to me and the purpose of running BioBlisses, the main purpose. Yeah, and for Humble Baykeeper, one of the goals is to get people out on the waterfront trail in Eureka which includes the Hikshari Trail and also the Humboldt Bay Trail, because, you know, these trails are still fairly new and there's a lot of areas that people haven't explored. And so getting people out on the trails and enjoying nature out there, Hikshari Trail is a great place to go watch birds. And you can see a ton of different salt marsh plants, dune plants, all kinds of different habitats there. There's a big patch of willows that has a lot of bird activity in it. So there's just, you know, a huge, huge diversity of habitats and species in that area. And, you know, if you're driving down South Broadway, who would ever guess that just on the other side of all these fast food restaurants and, and whatnot is this incredible stretch of coastline along Humboldt Bay. 
So getting people out there to use that trail and enjoy it has been has been really fun because a lot of people who've grown up around here or lived around here for a long time had no idea how beautiful that stretch of shoreline is. In particular, some of the coastal Trinidad Coastal Land Trust lands, Lufenholz, right, is is part of the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust. That is my absolute favorite spot in Humboldt County. So I am going to go down there with the iNaturalist and I'm going to look at all of those seaside plants that I have no idea what they are because <laughs> I've never I've, I've never taken to learning Latin or plants. That is that is what I am going to focus on in this upcoming BioBlitz. Jen, do you have a spot, particularly one perhaps managed or owned by the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust? that you are going to take advantage of for this upcoming BioBlitz? You know, I think Friends of the Dunes and the state parks are also participants in this. And I was thinking of going to Malel Dunes because the dunes in Manila are one of my favorite places to go look for plants, see what's blooming. And there's so many different native pollinators out there that I really don't know how to identify. And so I think I'm thinking of going to Malel Dunes, but it's important to remember that you can do all of the above because this is a two week long period. So you could go to a different spot several times over that two week period if you want to. So maybe I'll go to Lufenholz and Maleldoom. <laughs> all right, Michelle, where is your favorite spot? Where are you going to take out your phone and look for new plants and, and wildlife that you haven't seen before? Yeah, well, it's definitely not limited to the land trust properties it's all of the Humboldt coastline. So I was sort of, when you asked that question, I was thinking of this feature that iNaturalist has where you can look at data that's been inputted into Naturalist over a map. And so I was just thinking that maybe it would be cool to go on their map and see where there is less data entries, less observations. But in general, my like favorite hobby is tide pooling. So I probably will go to the intertidal zone and try to find, just take pictures of the critters out there. And what's the best spot to tide pool? My favorite spot to tide pool is Baker Beach. There's a lot of really great rocks that, that line the, the coastline there that critters will live on and under. And Scott, are you going to go back to Trinidad Head and look for, for bat species and be attacked after sundown? <laughs> I'll probably go back to Huda Point where I took one of my favorite pictures of Owen. Uh, yeah, good. All right. So, Michelle, let's let's end on what else is going on at the Land Trust these days. What are some other things that you are working on as the programs and project manager? Yeah, so we're slowly easing into our programming and in, in the times of COVID and, and trying to balance how we can have dispersed events, but also provide virtual events and virtual learning tools. So we have a couple stewardship days like invasive species removal and also tide pool walks coming up in in august and september those are just a couple hours long each and then and that's on our on our website what is the website where where do you go for the website trinidadcoastallandtrust.org or you can just google it i i mean who actually (laughs) ever enters a url anymore (laughs) yeah yeah pretty easy to find on there on the calendar And then we also have a stewardship ambassador program training coming up in October, and that'll help us train up volunteers to help us 
lead stewardship days like invasive species removal and beach cleanups and trail work days so we can have some like ongoing help with keeping our the beach properties along scenic drive in in ship shop shape for all of the visitors that we get we have a couple other things going on too that are on our on our website and facebook yeah and we should say also that there's a facebook event for the snapshot hum coast bio blitz so all of the participating organizations here locally which is trinidad coastal land trust humble baykeeper friends of the dunes and california state parks surely have this link to our facebook pages as well and so there's more information there on how to actually use iNaturalist mm-hmm. which as you can imagine doesn't really lend itself to a thrilling radio discussion <laughs> But it's pretty easy, and Michelle made a great video to show people how to use it for both an iPhone and an Android phone or whatever, and it's pretty straightforward. So you can you, the main thing to know is you can upload several photos for one observation. So if you're taking photos of a tree, you want to take a photo of the whole tree, the bark, the leaves, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if there's flowers or cones, pine cones on the tree. So you can you know, put multiple photos for one observation and that really helps people identify what you're looking at. And generally you just want to get close to your subject and have the sun at your back. It's a general rule for taking good photos. We're also really interested in seeing people's observations and photos of cool plants and animals on Facebook and Instagram. So if you are engaging and you have gone on a photo shoot please upload your pictures to our Facebook event or just tag us on Instagram or email them to us whatever way because we really want to see what people are seeing out there and be able to share it with the rest of the community. All right. So, Michelle, any parting thoughts before we go? I just hope that everybody can get out there and and learn a couple plants and animals that are native to our area. And you do not need to know the scientific Latin name. You can just learn the common name and that is a really great way to connect with our landscape. And if I can do it, you can do it because <laughs> I am both a Luddite and pretty stupid. So <laughs> so everyone, check it out. Check out the BioBlitz and download iNaturalist on your phone today. Michelle Kunst, Programs and Project Manager at the Trinidad Coastal Land Trust. Thank you so much for joining us on the Eco News Report. Thanks, Thanks for so joining much. us yeah. and, you know, doing this work. Yeah. And welcome to the team. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you you can become an honorary new member of Gang Green. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. It comes off after a while. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Okay. Oh, come on. I want to put it. Bye. All right. Thank you for joining the Eco News Report. Join us again next week on This Time and Channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.